This Women's Agenda podcast series, The Leadership Lessons, is supported by Salesforce. We've just entered the third season of this podcast, having interviewed 20 incredible women since launching four months ago. During that time, we've heard some game-changing lessons from those interviewed, offering compelling insights into how to lead for the decade ahead. I'm Kate Mills, the host of Women's Agenda's podcast series, The Leadership Lessons, supported by Salesforce. Today, we're bringing you a special episode as we reflect back on some of the key lessons shared in season one of The Leadership Lessons. My first interview was with former Australia Prime Minister Julia Gillard, who shared this key lesson about women taking a chance in leadership. Go for leadership. If you're motivated, go for it. And we don't just mean in politics, we mean in all walks of life. But be aware that there will be things that happen to you because you are a woman. What I think we need to do, if I was going to snapshot it, is two things. One, we need to think about the structures of organisations in our society, whether that be parliaments or businesses or civil society organisations, and ask ourselves the question, are these still designed to best fit with traditional male lives? Do they have barriers there for women that we can clear out of the way? So looking at the structures. But second, we also need to look at the stereotypes. The research and the lived experience of these women leaders says quite clearly that all of us have got whispering in the back of our brain stereotypes about what women should be like, what they should be like as leaders. And because we hold those stereotypes, we don't end up giving women leaders an equal go. So we need to get them out of the backs of our brains. And that's only going to happen if we expose them to the light and talk about them. That was former Prime Minister Julia Gillard. Now, our next piece of advice on leadership comes from public speaker, writer and youth advocate Yasmin Poole. At just 21, her list of leadership credentials is so extensive, it's almost impossible to imagine how she's managed to fit it all in since leaving high school not so many years ago. So how does she do it? And what advice does she have for young women who want to do the same? If you want to be a leader, you have to understand yourself. That is absolutely the first part of being a leader um, beyond um, just the, you know, the optics of, of having a leadership role. There has to be internal understanding. And something that I've grown to realize is that I even use things like my cultural strengths. I, I view it as cultural strengths. So as an Asian Australian, you know, Asian Australians can often be held back from leadership positions because they're seen as, as too passive or, you know, not challenging hierarchy. But the way that I view you know, my experiences as an Asian Australian means that in my leadership, I'm far more, com- I'm far more comfortable not being the loudest person in the room and actually taking on a more facilitative approach and a more consensus-based model and really thinking about, okay, how do we tease out, you know, what people are really thinking and feeling, especially those that may be more quiet. There are so many amazing young women that do feel strongly, you know, about whatever, whatever particular issues that they're passionate about. And the role, I think, of existing female leaders is to really to seek out those young women, um, especially things like mentorship, unfortunately, and I've, I shared this when I was on Q&A. Um, often it can even be a space where, unfortunately, young women can often be sexually harassed by, you know, <laughs> um, experience that and kind of, you know, trying to trying to get into these spaces and, and feeling pushback. And it's really hard to navigate. So I think more than anything to have 
female leaders reach out to young women and provide the, I guess, the bridges to, to enter into spaces, to use their voice, to develop their sense of leadership is really powerful because unfortunately, I think if we look at, um, you know, pretty negative, um, experiences, you know, of particular female leaders is the treatment that I've worked really hard to get to where I am and I've faced sexism. So therefore I don't think that I need to help you. I think that's a really unfortunate way to look at it. So I think realizing that if we want to be creating better Australia, it also starts with young women and really opening those doors in that regard. And also giving young women the freedom to genuinely speak their mind because to do this, especially the young person is pretty scary because you have pretty little power compared to larger organizations or government. So to openly criticize that can be quite a daunting experience. So I think having allies and supporters really goes a long way. That was Yasmin Poole. She gives a very insightful look into how young women can prepare themselves for leadership. Sonia Stewart is the newly appointed CEO of the Law Society of New South Wales and the chair of the Go Foundation. As a UN woman, she looks back at how Indigenous leadership has inspired her and she tells us what she wants to remind young Aboriginal women who aspire to follow in her footsteps. The advice that I give centres around authenticity and never forgetting uh, where you're from and never forgetting that we stand on the shoulders of others that went before us. And so that deep respect of elders and people who've paved the path for us and that we are on the same path for a short period of time. So how do we be kind to ourselves? How do we back ourselves? But how do we uh, continue on that journey and leave legacy and impact? I started out at the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission when I was... um, I must have been 24, so not long out of university. And this shaped my view on so many things in my life. And working with your people for your people is one of the most rewarding things that you can ever do. And I was there in an amazing period of time with some of the most amazing uh, leaders, not only at the time, but in terms of how um, we reflect back on them. So, you know, Uncle Charlie Perkins had an office just across the way from mine, for example. You know, uh, everybody uh, was working very hard to improve outcomes. And the thing that has really made me reflect on all these years is I'm part of the world's oldest surviving culture. And unfortunately, my people are here for even a shorter period of time than what other people are. So how do I have legacy and impact? And my time at ATSIC exposed me to people who were having impact and different leadership styles and um, just such amazing experiences. And I look back very fondly on my time there. The thing that I found most challenging is confronting people's negative biases and assumptions and perceptions that they have about Aboriginal people and what we can do, that we could be the CEO of the Law Society or the chair of the Go Foundation or whatever it is that we aspire to be. And as I became more senior, these views perhaps didn't change, but my ability to deal with them have and shining a light, reflecting, you know, a mirror. And sometimes, Kate, when it gets really bad, getting people to sit with their discomfort of their own uh, biases has been uh, something that I've had to do throughout my career, but it makes you who you are now. Finally, we're going to share with you thoughts from the Deputy Chair of the ABC, Dr. Kirsten Ferguson. She has a lot of experience on leadership and shares what she's learned over the years, as well as her best advice on how to lead for the decade ahead. 
I did the first seven years of my career in the military, so um, spent a number of years at the Defence Academy where you are taught to be a leader. And I think the lessons um, that the military teach you, it's nothing like what you see portrayed in movies like Platoon or, you know, where they're all yelling at each other. There's certainly, uh, at the Defence Academy, there were elements of that, but um, what you're really taught is about earning the respect of the people you lead and the importance of um, being almost like a servant leader, which seems um, contrary to what many people think of the military. But the chain of command only works where people respect the people that they're expected to follow into battle, and you're taught that certainly from very early on, and I think that has served me really well uh, into the future. I think this ability to adapt your own leadership to different environments and um, use different styles that will be effective in different ways. So the cultures of leading in the military towards leading in a, a partnership of a law firm to then working with a group of psychologists is absolutely completely different. But what I was able to do, the psychologists really taught me the importance of creating and building a feedback culture, to being in tune with um, a real self-awareness of the impact that you have on others and the power of your words and actions and thoughts on motivating and bringing people along with you. And I think this idea of emotional intelligence, which I'm just so passionate about, and combining that with some of the, the more... Uh, task-oriented and um, goal-focused um, ways I'd learned to the military, I think, has been a really special source that I'm very grateful for. For me, it's all about um, em empowering and embold emboldening those that you lead to follow and to uh, develop themselves and to move everyone in the same direction of whatever your goal might be. It doesn't have to be a business goal. And I also believe that every single person is a leader. So whether you're leading your family, your community, your local church, your government, whatever it might be, you are a leader. And uh, we are role models and all of us are role models. So leadership for me is very broad and every single uh, issue that we see in the world, every crisis often comes back to poor leadership. So I think it's understanding the power and the impact that we all have on those around us and then harnessing that to bring us all along in the same direction. And then I also think that kindness and empathy um, have been really essential traits of leaders and if you can be a leader that can simultaneously lead with kindness and empathy, empathy while also being decisive and making decisions quickly without all the data, I think they're the leaders that we're seeing most successful today. Thanks for listening to this special episode of The Leadership Lessons. This episode was produced by Alison Ho. If you like what you hear, please make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating. And if you want to hear more from us, visit www.womensagenda.com.au. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Women's Agenda is proud to partner with Salesforce on this podcast series. As the world's leading CRM, Salesforce continues to be a different kind of Fortune 500 company, one that cares and gives back to the community, yet innovates like a startup. Equality is a core value at Salesforce and as a business, believes that its higher purpose is to drive equality for all. For more, visit salesforce.com.